This is season two of the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collingsworth. Each week, we'll hear the story of what God has done in the lives of different people. We'll talk about things that have marked them, and I know you'll be encouraged. Most of them are just like you. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Before we get started today, I want to share with you guys something that I think is going to tag right along with the person we're going to be talking to today. We're talking a lot about leadership today, and if you didn't know, um, you can go to a leadership event almost anywhere you live around the country through Lifeway Women. We offer events called You Lead, and these are um, leadership training events specifically for women who feel like God has called them to a next step of leadership, whether that's in ministry, in the marketplace, in culture, all different places. And we offer um, two-day and one-day trainings all over the country called You Lead. Um, you can go to lifeway.com forward slash you lead and find out more information about all the locations for 2018. We're going to be all across the country and even into Canada. Um, you can find out the specific details about those events. Those are coming up um, all over the place. And we hope that you guys will join us because we know that part of the value of leadership is being equipped to do what it is that God's called you to do. And that's exactly what we want to help you with. And so as you listen to the, the to the episode today, um, don't forget that you can participate in leadership events from across the country when it comes to you lead. We're coming to a city near you. Today on the March podcast, you are going to hear from Christy Wright. And this is an interview, honestly, that I've been excited about for a while um, because I'm just so interested in what it is that drives Christy and what makes her passionate about encouraging women where God has called them um, in the marketplace, because I think that's such a huge need among so many of you who are listening today. And so, um, Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. We're glad to. And just I'd love for you just to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure, absolutely. Well, I am uh, officially, I guess, uh, a writer, you know, an author of Business Boutique. I'm a business coach and I'm a mom of two boys. I've got a two and a half year old and a one year old, um, and life is crazy at home <laughs> with the little ones. And, um, I'm sure your listeners haven't heard of me, but they've probably heard of who I work for, which is Dave Ramsey. And he um, leads a team of 600 people. I'm one of his speakers and uh, um, authors and personalities. And I really help women start side and small businesses out of something they love to do. So whether that's a side business like an Etsy shop or even a full-time business with team members, I love helping women take their passions and gifts and skills and turn them into businesses that can provide income for their family or um, just give them a creative outlet. So the motivation is kind of vary, but I really love helping women do that and uh, serving this market. I love that. How, how did you get started doing that? Like, where did that all start for you? Well, I've got kind of two stages of the story. So I'll tell you how I started working for Dave eight years ago, and then I'll tell you how I became a speaker. And both of them are crazy stories. <laughs> um, Eight years ago, I was working for the YMCA here in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was um, working in nonprofit, which I'm sure anyone that's ever worked in nonprofit or ministry knows it can burn you out. I mean, it's just, it's exhausting. And, um, and I, and I worked just crazy hours, like 80 hours a week, every week for like three years. And I was just feeling God calling me to do something different, but I just felt this, um, struggle because I was like, I love the work that we do. I love that we do work that matters and we change lives and we help people. And, um, and so I was on my deck one day, and uh, this was in Mount Juliet when I lived out there. And I was I was standing on my deck, and I remember praying and thinking, God, I'm never going to find a company that I believe in as much as the YMCA. And God said to me, like the voice in my head, the the words in my head were, "You're going to work for Dave Ramsey." Mm-hmm. 
And I thought, fantastic. Who is Dave Ramsey? Because I had no idea. And so I immediately walked over to my laptop, which was sitting on a table on my deck, and I opened it up and Googled Dave Ramsey. And it said, based in Nashville, Tennessee. And I thought, well, that is fantastic. I don't have to move. This is wonderful. And um, so I applied for a position of um, project coordinator and I was hired to develop projects and products for youth and teens. So I was in charge of our Bible studies and our piggy banks and our kids books and uh, you know, all about junior saving money. And that was my job because at the Y I'd worked with teens and youth. And, uh, and so that's kind of how I got started. And then if you fast forward from there, that was um, fall of 2009 uh, spring of 2010, Dave's daughter, Rachel Cruz, um, who I'm sure many people have heard of. She's a best-selling author as well. She was in college at UT Knoxville, and um, she was coming on board our team uh, that May when she graduated. And she was going to be kind of the face of, of teens, you know, and we didn't have any speakers back then. We didn't have any personalities. Everything was just Dave. But um, someone, uh, a couple people in our company in the teen department booked her to speak at a conference that summer called uh, the Move Conference. It's put on by Christ and Youth. And so they booked her for 20 dates, speaking all over the country and worked out this whole arrangement. And sometime during the spring, I inherited this arrangement. So because I was in the teen department, I was now the liaison between us and this conference. And um, about two weeks before she's supposed to go on the road when she's just graduating, we got the travel schedule and it was crazy. I mean, it was the cheapest, worst flights you could imagine. You've got two and three connections. You're in an airport 16 to 18 hours a day. Like it was just stupid. It was a really bad, bad arrangement for anyone that travels, you know, professionally, you know, for work. It's, it's, it's hard. So Dave saw this travel schedule and he was like, I don't think so. <laughs> she's not doing this. She's newly married, newly graduated. She's young. She's new to our team. Like we're not putting her through this this summer. And so he said, uh, she can do 10. She can do 10 of those dates, not 20. Well, because I had inherited this whole arrangement, I got to be the bearer of bad news back to the conference and say, hey, by the way, I know it starts in two weeks. I'm so sorry, uh, but she's only going to do 10. She can't do 20. And so that's as far as I thought this whole thing through. I was like, well, I just got to deliver the bad news and then, you know, get out quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and so I'm on the phone with a guy and he said, um, Christy, what am I going to do? You know, I've got her booked for 20 keynote presentations in a different state every single day for these conferences. What am I going to do? And I said, I'll do the other 10. And he said, can you speak? And I said, I think so. Now, let me just be clear, uh, Mary <laughs> Margaret, I had never spoken in my life except for young life to maybe like, you know, 20 teenagers in right. someone's living room. Uh, but I'm just a problem solver. And I didn't ask permission. I didn't uh, go through any approvals. I was just like, here's a problem and I've got a solution. And so that summer, uh, I went on the road with Rachel and I spoke at 10 of the dates. And then I went to the other 10 with her and ran her AV and her slides and that fall, they created the speakers group. And it was really just a, out of a need for needing more speakers because yeah. Dave couldn't do all the requests coming in. And they just kind of slid me in. No audition, no application, <laughs> no questions asked because, uh -huh. I'd, because I'd done that that summer and I did a really good job. And so um, you, you kind of saw in the fact that I solved a problem, my gifts were brought into light. And I didn't even know I had that gift. Um, but of course, through lots of practice and doing 20 dates in a summer, you, you get better at your yeah, gifts. Absolutely. And so um, that's kind of the, the two crazy God stories that led to now. I'm official Ramsey personality. I'm coaching women. I've got a best-selling book, like all that. But it all started then. It started by me just solving a problem. Mm -hmm. I love that because I think so many women can find themselves right there. And just the fact that, um, you know, we 
we are intuitive in a lot of ways. We are creative in a lot of ways. And and so often I think we're waiting on somebody to approach us to do something when when there could be an opportunity sitting right, literally right in front of us. Absolutely. Well, there's a great line in um, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Yeah. And she says, some of the most amazing careers are not positions that are posted, but problems that you solve. Yeah. And then that thing becomes your job. And I, I will say this as a generalization for women, um, you know, anyone that's listening in, research shows that women tend to be more fearful more risk averse and uh, we never want to make the same mistake twice. Mm -hmm. So it's very tempting, especially if you have a woman that's uh, her personality style is more of the people pleaser and we want everyone to get along. They tend to assume or a rule follower, you know, I'm not a rule follower, Mary Margaret. So I assume that I can like, like if if there's no information, I'm just going to assume that I can until someone proves me otherwise. Some people don't operate that way though. They assume that they can't. Mm -hmm. So, so if there's no rules, rule book to follow, they're going, well, I, I bet I can't do that until someone gives them permission and says that they can. But what you see there when that personality trade and our, you know, how we're wired as women is, you know, kind of being a little bit more risk averse, what you see is opportunities may be right in front of them. There may be problems right in front of them that they can solve. They're smart enough to solve. They have the education, the skills, the drive, the passion to solve, but they're waiting for permission. And no one's going to give you that permission. We've got to stop being wallflowers standing on the outskirts waiting for someone to ask us to dance. Get on the dance floor. Assume that you can until someone proves you otherwise. And if, if you're out of line or out of your lane or that's not the way to do it, someone will tell you and pull you aside, hey, say, uh, let's do this a little differently or that's not your call or we've got a different solution. But my gosh, if you've got something to offer, if you've got something to say, don't ask permission to speak up, to sit at the table, to offer your solution. Just offer it. Assume that you can. Start there by assuming that you can. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that there's a lot that we can learn from just um, from taking the opportunities that that are right in front of us that exactly what you're saying that what most women are fearful, they're risk averse, they, you know, don't want to take the thing that's right in front of them and do something with it because they're afraid of stepping on somebody's toes. And they're afraid right. of, of what may happen. And, um, but there are so many opportunities that are out there for us as women to, um, to really engage in, in the business and marketplace and to to have our own businesses to, um, to lead business out of our homes, you know, whether that's in your pajamas or whether that's going to an office every day. Um, but I think that there are so many opportunities out there for us. And, you know, for some woman who may be sitting on the fence today, like sitting here listening, saying, you know, I've been thinking about this thing, you know, what would you encourage her to do today? For someone sitting on the fence of starting a business? Yeah. Yeah. I would say step into it, like lean into it. You can dip your toe in the water. And that's what's so fantastic about our world today. That was not true even 20 years ago, 20 years ago, if you wanted to start a business, it was this big dun, 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 start a business. Like you've got to have billboards and brick and mortar stores and startup capital and investors, all this stuff, all these hoops to jump through. And it's not like that. Like you could start a business tomorrow with nothing more than your idea and a Facebook page. Yeah. Like you sew a hair bow tonight and you <laughs> post a picture on Facebook tomorrow and you say, this hair bow is $15. And someone says, I'll buy it. Boom, you're in business. Like that's how simple business is now. And so the barrier to entry into the marketplace is so low. The cost is so low. The risk is so low that you don't have to take this big leap. You can just dip your toe in the water and say, you know what? Let me try it. I've been having this idea that's been keeping me up at night. Or I've been having this tugging at my heart for this nonprofit or this cause. What if I just dip my toe? 
What mm-hmm. if I just dip my toe in the water and try it? Just put out feelers or put a post on Facebook asking people what they think about this or would they buy this or do they need this or post a blog around this topic and see the feedback that you get. You know, it's just easier than ever before to do it. And so um, if there's someone listening right now going, you know, I really uh, have always had this idea I wanted to do, but I've always been scared. I just want to encourage them that you can start small. You can start slow and grow slow and, and dip your toe in the water to where it doesn't feel like a terrifying leap. It just feels like this tiny baby step, but one tiny baby step at a time, you're leaning into your dream and you're making that a reality. But I will tell you a common question that I get Mary Margaret and you're, you're, you've probably got listeners thinking it right now because I've been asked this more in the last year than anything else. And that is someone who's listening and going, well, yeah, I would love to do something, but I don't know what. Mm-hmm. I would love to start a business, but I don't know what my thing is. Yeah. How do I know what my idea is? I've got friends doing it. Um, you know, I don't think the multi-level marketing route is right for me, which it's not for a lot of people. And that's why I love to give an alternative solution of like, okay, you want to do something, Let's find what your thing is. So I want to give you um, a quick uh, answer to that that some people may be thinking. Mm-hmm. Here's how to find what your business idea could be, should be. I want you to start with what you have. And what I mean by that is, what are your skills that you have? What education, what experience, what credentials, what certifications do you already have that you can start with? Another thing to start with is what strengths do you have? So these are your natural gifts and talents, your natural painter, you're a gifted organizer, you're awesome at planning events. Like these are your natural giftings that it just comes effortless to you. Um, And then the third thing to think about is your stuff. Like what stuff do you have? Do you have a sewing machine? Do you have a swimming pool? (laughs) Do you have a computer? Um, You know, do you have a big yard? I I don't know. Like what, what stuff do you have that could give you inspiration for a business idea? Because when you start with what you have, your skills, your strengths, and your stuff, then you're making it that much easier on you to win. Because it's not like, well, I have this grand idea, but I've got to go take three years of college classes or go buy $5,000 worth of equipment. Well, it's not easy anymore. Mm -hmm. So when you start with what you have, your skills, your strengths, and your stuff, then you make it so easy on you to win. You make it so easy on yourself to dip your toe in the water and try. And by the way, turn a profit quicker because you you don't have all this startup cost and time. So um, for those listeners that, you know, maybe thinking, well, I'd like to do something. I'm on the fence. I'd like to, but I don't know what my thing is. That's where I would start to find your idea. I love that. And it's fun. Like I've watched my sister-in-law over the last year. Um, she taught herself how to hand letter, you know, and she just got on YouTube and was like, I want to learn how to have like really pretty handwriting so that I could write cute things. And so then she just started making some stuff for their house. And and then now her friends are calling her saying, hey, will you make this for my wedding? Hey, will you address this That's for right. me? And it just takes with starting somewhere. And all she had to do was buy pens and watch That's YouTube exactly videos. Right. And That's so exactly right. it didn't, it, the startup cost was very minimal, you know, but it's, it's taking things like that, what we're interested interested in and the things that we want to spend our free time on that don't necessarily feel like a burden to us. Because so right. often I think people get themselves wrapped up in something that it's like, oh gosh, I have to go do this now. And and I think a better way to look at it is I get to do this now. And what do I Absolutely. want to spend my free time or the time that I've got um, on? And and I think it's just kind of turning some of those things on its head because it can it looks different than it did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, as far as starting a business and starting something new. But we all have skills that other people need and and we've got things to offer other people. And so I think there's a ton to be learned from that. And, you know, Christy, who are some of the people that you have learned the most from as you have thought about business and, and just being a woman in the marketplace or just as a leader, you know, who are some of the influencers in your life? Sure. Well, I'll tell you, I kind of pick and choose 
based on what they're good at. Yeah. And I think this is just a, it's kind of like a cafeteria mentality. I'm like, oh, well, I'll take marriage advice from you because your marriage is rocking. And I'll take uh, parenting examples from you because exactly. you have great kids. So that's kind of how I do it. Um, obviously, I work for Dave Ramsey. So um, he's a fantastic leader. So certainly leadership, but also finances. Like you can't be crazy with your money and work here. Like it's great accountability to <laughs> work sure. for Dave because it just keeps you right in line with your yeah. budget, uh, which Lord knows I need because I'm a natural spender. Um I'll tell you this fall, I am on a tour with Propel Women. And so I'm speaking alongside Christine Kane, Lisa Turkhurst, um, Beth Moore, um, you know, all these, inc- Shelly Giglio, all these incredible women, yeah. Lisa Bevere. And just being around these women makes me smarter. So when it comes to faith, I would say those women. Um, Christine Kane, certainly, she's become a friend of mine the last couple of years. And just, I can sit at the table with her over dinner and I'm just soaking up her wisdom like a sponge of mm. her faith in God and how it is just, it seems like mine wavers all the time and hers seems to never waver. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just, scripture pours out of her mm-hmm. because she pours it into her. And so as far as um, godliness, and faith and righteousness and what it means to be a godly woman that is strong and kicking butt and taking names. Mm -hmm. Um, she's, she's a fantastic example. And then, um, my direct leader here, uh, his name is Jeremy Breland, and he's over all the Ramsey personalities. Um, I would say him for parenting. And I joked about that, but he has five kids that are literally like Miss America and future president of the United States. Like they're all <laughs> love Jesus. So accomplished, so kind. Yeah. They love each other. They're just beautiful, beautiful children and not just beautiful on Instagram. Like they're beautiful people behind the scenes when they're not on social media. It's yeah. just, it's just, they're incredible. And so I'm just kind of going, Jeremy, how'd you do it? Like, how did you and Jennifer create this? Because I've got two little ones and I want them to be awesome. And so um, I just kind of look at people's lives and what they seem really strong at. I try to take advice and examples from them. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, you, you said something a second ago that made me think of something I wanted to offer for your listeners when we were talking about strengths. Cause we're talking about this, even with Jeremy's really strong in parenting and other people have different areas. I think in my world, it's easy to assume, uh, because I talk speak about leadership and that kind of stuff a lot, that everyone just knows what they're good at. Mm. And I don't think that's true. Yeah, I think some people don't know what they're good at, and they would love to know. Um, you know, if you grow up in a lot of leadership clubs in high school and college and um, that kind of world, you've probably taken 15 different personality tests, mm-hmm. and you know your strengths, but, but everyone doesn't if right. you didn't grow up that way. And so I want to give your listeners five questions really quickly. And I've taught on this before, but it's five questions you could ask yourself to identify your strengths. Uh, And this kind of goes back to starting a business and figuring out what those strengths are um, that may give you a great business idea or inspiration. Um, These are my five E questions, and this will save you money of taking a personality test. It's just a real quick way to kind of figure out your strengths. Awesome. Uh, The first one is what do you enjoy? What do you enjoy? And so to your point a minute ago, uh, when you're starting a business out of something you love to do, it doesn't feel like work because it's a lot of fun. You don't get burned out because you're doing something you enjoy doing. Um, I'll tell you, uh, Mary Margaret, I do not enjoy details. Mm. So if you ask me to do an Excel spreadsheet, I'm tired within four seconds. But you know what? I can speak on stage for three days straight all day. And I've still got energy because I'm in my strengths. And so what do you enjoy? Those things you enjoy are usually your strengths. I don't know about you, but I don't like doing things that highlight where I'm weak or Mm -hmm. where I'm, you know, not good. Um, The second one is what gives you energy. So what actually gives you energy versus sucking you dry of energy? That's a good indicator of a strength. Uh, A third question is what do others encourage in you? 
what are people always saying? Man, you're so good at that. I mean, you should start a business in that, or you should help people with that, or you're so talented. Gosh, that's so, you know, you're so outstanding, or, you know, in that. Um, a third question or a fourth question is where do you excel in relation to other people? Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is a tricky one for women because they'll go, Oh, I'm just, not good at anything. I'm so humble. I'm good at humble. I'm good at humility. I'm the gold star. No, no. Okay. Here's the thing. We're not doing anyone any favors right. by dismissing or downplaying our strengths. If God made you good at something, own it. Mm-hmm. Own it. It doesn't mean that you're arrogant. It means that you're aware of what you have to offer. Yes. And what a gift that is. God didn't give you that gift to be pushed into the background of your life to collect dust and be ignored. He gave it to you to be a blessing to other people. So, so what are those things? Where do you excel in relation to other people? Where do you perform above average in relation to other people? And the last question is what is effortless for you? Mm. And um, this is an area that's very easy to undervalue Mary Margaret because we'll go like, well, everyone's good at this. Well, I'm good at it. So I just assume everyone else. Well, everyone else is good at speaking. Like, it's not that hard, is it? Well, everyone else can start businesses or everyone else can set goals. Well, that's so obvious. But what's obvious to you is not obvious to everyone else. What's easy for you is not easy for everyone else. And in fact, those areas that you have something that's effortless for you uh, may just be an area that you can serve other women because Mm -hmm. it's a real struggle for them and they need your help. Like I have an assistant um, named Dawn that right now she is filling out all types of paperwork for me, which genuinely I'm not good at. I'm terrible at details. I screw up the numbers and she's doing it and it's effortless for her. And it is such a gift for me. Like I, I went to her this morning. I go, I'm so so sorry to hand this paperwork to you. And she goes, I love it. Give it to me. Yeah. So what is effortless for you can be a gift to others. So those are your five E questions that can help you as you answer them, identify your strengths. What are you good at? Mm-hmm. And that may give you inspiration, like I said, for your business idea. But I thought of that a second ago. So I'm sorry. I wanted to circle back because I thought, you know, some people don't know what they're good at. So I wanted to give you kind of some some help for your listeners to move in that direction to find out what those are. Yes. I'm so glad you did because I think we all can find ourselves asking those questions, but not really digging down to find the answers. Because I think we probably, as women, we talk about those things in conversation to some extent, but then we just kind of like let it it just kind of goes away with the conversation when the conversation is over. And and I think we all need people in our lives who are going to affirm and encourage those things in us. And I think for us, especially as women who, um, who love the Lord, you know, we need to see when we see those things in other women, we need to call them out and, and not, yes. be, not, not let those things go by go, Oh, she probably knows she's good at that. Or she doesn't need to hear it again, or it doesn't matter coming from me. But I think so often the Lord gives us encouragement to give to others because they need it right where they are to realize that this is the thing that he is raising up in them. That's exactly right. And I would I would say too, what you see on the outside, especially with women, is not always what it's going on on the inside. Exactly. So it's very easy to feel like, well, her Instagram is perfect and her kids are perfect and her outfit's perfect. She doesn't need me to tell her. She may be having this, wrestling with the same fears inside her head that other people are, insecurities or doubts. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, a lot of times, um, the women that are listening right now, those women that are on the front lines, the ones that are moving and shaking and making things happen, they're the ones that have a target on their back from the enemy. And mm-hmm. so they're the ones probably under attack as much or if not more than other people. And so, yes, like speak words of life over people, speak words of encouragement. It may be the words that you speak to someone, just your neighbor in passing, just yes. a woman at church or a woman at work. It may be those words that not just change the tra- trajectory of her day. It can change the trajectory of her life. Absolutely. And we and we we dismiss the power of words, but I love that you're saying that because she may be right there on the fence of like, 
I want to do this thing or I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to do this thing and, and intersecting you where you, you give her that affirmation of, man, you're so good at this. She's like, that's a sign from God. I'm supposed to do it. And she's going to go do the thing because you said the words that pushed her over the edge that God used you to use it. So yes, say thing. Yes. I love that. That's so mm-hmm. good. And I think a lot of times on the podcast we talk about, and you know, I think I've asked a lot of women the question or something to this, to this extent of like, you know, what what would you say to somebody who doesn't feel qualified or, or adequate to do the thing that God has called them to do? But I think today, it's like what I want all of you who are listening to hear is that you are, if God has called you to do something, He is going to give you what you need to be able to do it. And, that's and I think exactly right. that's where we then can put these tools into place and ask these questions and dive in. Is it goes beyond, you know, at simply asking the question like I, you know, or just self, you know, knowing about ourselves that we feel inadequate or that we don't know, but just saying, okay, well, what if I could do this? What, what if God, you were setting me up to do this? And, and I just am still sitting here asking the question, but like, I just don't feel qualified or what do I do? And today it's like, take step one, you know, what is step one to, to start that process of walking into what could be the next, you know, next chapter of your life or just a next season of, of ministry, of career, of, um, of just a new project and something to do for fun as well. But just to, um, to step into that and not I think if we've been asking the same questions for a really long time we've got to start listening rather than just continuing to ask the same things right absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely well Christy you know what is something you know this is something we talked about on, we talk about on the podcast all the time but what is something that has marked you a situation a person or you know something that you have been marked by personally yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think when you look back on your life, there's probably a, a few different turning points that you could say, and I mm-hmm. could give you a handful of turning points. But for me, um, as far as thematically, something I was marked by, certainly my mom, and I wrote about this in my book, Business Boutique. It was the whole kind of introduction and, and first chapter was talking about my mom, but uh, my mom was a single mom and she um, was newly single uh, at six months when I was six months old. So she had a six month old baby. She had $64 to her name and um, things didn't work out with my dad and she felt alone and scared and desperate. And from that point forward, from the time that I was six months old, I was raised where my primary influence, my primary example was a fighter and a survivor of a woman that, um, you know, built a business. She was persistent. She persevered. She was kind. She had good character. She loved people well. Um, she was persistent to a fault. Like I can't stress enough how like she, when she should give up, she would never give up. And I can attribute all of my personal qualities to her Mm -hmm. from that example, not because she taught me work ethic or character or passion or integrity. She lived it right in front of me. And, um, and, and in the trenches of life and in the trenches of business and really, really hard times together. And, and that is what has shaped me into who I am. So when I'm persistent to a fault, when I'm kind to people, when I never give up, when I'm a fighter and I'm a survivor, um, you know, that's so much of my DNA Mm. from being marked by her example. And I love the quote by Dr. Meg Meeker. Um, She says, the most powerful way to teach a daughter how to enjoy life is to let her see her mother do the same. Mm. And, And that is true for anything. The most powerful way to teach children how to be confident is to let them see their parents be confident. Yeah. The most powerful way to teach a child how to be kind is to let them see their parents be kind. I love how Rachel Cruz says, more is caught than taught. But it's so easy as women, especially Christian women, I'm just going to call us out right now. It's so easy for us to be this Mother Teresa hero complex where we have this martyr syndrome of putting everyone else f- first 
and we live our lives grumpy and rushed and running ragged. And we're short-tempered with our spouse and our kids and we're overcommitted and we're busy and burnout and we don't know why. And that is a terrible example for your children. The mm-hmm. best thing you can do is take care of you. And when you do, you then parent and lead and are in a, in a marriage out of a place of strength, mm-hmm. not out of desperation. And um, and I think there's something, you know, we feel so selfish for taking care of ourselves or so selfish for investing in ourselves or pursuing mm-hmm. our dreams. Everything comes down to this weird guilt complex we have. But in fact, when you realize it is, um, you are a better wife and a better mom and a better leader and a better person when you take care of you. And um, and everyone wins when you do that. It's not just our right to take care of ourselves. It's our responsibility too. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, no one can do that for us. Yes. You know, no one, no one can take care of you for you. And it's kind of like, um, I always say this example, but um, no matter how many times my husband tells me I look pretty, if I don't feel pretty, I don't act pretty. Mm. I don't act confident. He can't tell me enough words to make me change how I feel about myself. And so women do what you need to do to make you feel good about you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a pedicure or a run or (laughs) reading a book or taking a trip or I don't know what that is. Only you know, but do things that make you like yourself because your family's going to like you more if that's you like yourself. That is the truth. And, you know, one question, I, lo- I love that that's where you went because honestly, that I was about to ask you, like, you know, because I hate the word, I, we use the word balance so often. It's like, how do you balance life and family and work and all of these things? But it's like, you know, I want to ask you, like, how do you keep those things in check? You know, when it does feel like it's getting a little off whack, you know, or when it feels like something's a little bit out of order, what, what, what's your process of kind of keeping those things in check for you and your family? Sure. And I love that question. I've actually been teaching on life balance for years. And so this is something I've researched. I certainly live out every day. Um, The kind of quick answer would be the most important you can do is spend time on what's most important to you. And what I mean by that is um, women, I'll speak specifically to women. We have a tendency to um, say yes in what in one area when what we actually care about is in another area. So we say yes to people pleasing over here and we end up not having any time with our kids or time for ourselves or time for our spouse. Yeah. And when you have this disconnect between your values and your behavior or between what you care about and what you actually spend your time on, that, that disconnect is called cognitive dis- dissonance, then you live your life stressed because things that you care about deeply never seem to make it into your life. Mm-hmm. Um but yet you're saying yes in all these other areas. And so if we realize that our time is finite, you get 24 hours in a day, you cannot get a minute more than anyone else. Then when you realize how finite it is and how limited and how valuable, then you can realize you have the permission and the responsibility to spend that time only on what's most important to you. And so um, you will certainly have seasons. So I'll give you an example. This spring, I launched my book, and it was heavy focus on work. That was a season. That wasn't forever that I was heavy focused on work. In the summer, I took my foot off the gas with the book, and I went to the playground and picnics and park and hung out with my boys. Now, this fall is another crazy season. So, you you have this give and take, this ebb and flow of of focus. If you decide to run a marathon, you're going to be focused on training, Mm -hmm. and you really can't be successful in any area of your life if you don't have some focus and some momentum there. Um, And when that requires time, but over the course of your life, as you spend your time only on what's most important to you and you cut out stuff that is not important to you, then you feel that sense of balance. And here's the best part. Then you can be crazy busy 
but you feel that sense of balance because you're not doing mm. everything. You're only doing the right things. And that's really what I, it boils down to. Life balance is not about doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's about doing the right things at the right time. Mm-hmm. And some things that make the cut in one season may not make the cut in another season. So yes. for example, this whole spring, I never saw my friends. Now I love my friends and my friends are a priority, but if I'm only in town five days a month, you better believe I'm going to spend it with my family, yeah. not my friends. And so things get bumped kind of below the line, depending on the season. But this summer, I spent tons of time with my friend. I just saw my friends all weekend this weekend mm-hmm. uh, because it works out. So so when you start to see uh, the kind of the ebb and flow and the schedule, then then you have this sense of balance about it. But I'll tell you, uh, we've got we've got what we think the issue is and what the issue actually is are two different things. And yeah. so I'll give you I'll give you a great example. And I'm just going to I'm, I'm a truth teller. So I'm like, I'm going to cut to the heart of it. Go for it. Women, not women, Americans, Americans check their phone 150 times a day and watch on average five hours of TV per day. Mm. So don't tell me that you're too busy to work out or hang out with your kids or go on a date with your spouse. We don't have a time problem. We have a priority problem. I'll tell you one thing. I don't know who accepted what rose on The Bachelor and I don't know what drama is going on on social media, but you better believe I know what my kids look like when they are climbing around in the gym or playing on the playground or going down the slide because I've got my priorities right. So that's what it comes down to. It's not about balance and equality Mm -hmm. and perfection and everything being effortless. It's about what's most important to you. Go do that Mm -hmm. and you'll feel balanced. At the end of the day, that's what it is. And social media, Facebook, TV, I don't hate TV, but I'm not going to waste my precious time on it when there's other things that are more important to me. Yes. Yes to to all the things you just said. (laughs) I'm sitting here (laughs) taking notes for myself, you know, and like last week for me, there were three different situations that I can think of off the top of my head that I had to say no to because I, I'm in a season right now where I'm making a transition at work. I'm engaged, you know, and I've just got congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, my, my plate is full and I just had to look at three different people, one by email, one in, in person and one in a text message where I just said, right now I'm having to say no to good things because I've, I'm, my, my plate is full, you know, thank you That's so much. You. And, and it's, well, it, it is hard to say no to good things, but sometimes we is. have to figure out what our priorities are and realign some things so that we're not losing our minds. Absolutely. And I think we, we get caught up in what the other person is asking us because we do want to help. Yeah. But I'll say this, there, just because you can do something does not mean that you should. Mm-hmm. Just because someone needs you doesn't obligate you. Yep. And so for you to say no, that takes incredible confidence to be able to say no and know that you're okay and they're okay and we're all okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a great quote by Warren Buffett. He says, the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. Mm. And it's because the more successful you become, the less accessible you become. Of course, you're going to have to say no more. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really not about saying no. It's yeah. about saying yes to yeah. what's most important to you. And you know what that is. And that's a great skill to have. Absolutely. Well, Christy, thank you so much. This I have been sitting here furiously taking notes the whole time we've been talking. And <laughs> and I just know that, um, that the women who listen to this episode and probably the few brave men um, will have something to gain because I think I'm, I'm so grateful that you have just spoken some truth today, you know, that we all to some degree need to hear and apply to our lives and just figure out what it is that God has put us here to do and go do that thing um, and, and learn what it looks like to put all our, pri- our priorities in order. So thank you so much. 
Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to help anytime. And whenever uh, this is available, we'd love to share it. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And um, as you guys listen, make sure you head back to lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast. You will find the show notes for today's show. Um, You're going to find out about Christy's book, Business Boutique. We're going to link to that as well as to her website, um, where she's speaking, where you can go here in person and um, and just ways that you can connect with her online. And so we hope that you guys will, um, will circle back that way. And we will see you next time on the Mark Podcast. so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. Use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way for other people who aren't listening yet to find us. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.